hope, maybe even for us. We need a lot more people raising the ruckus. Start making a fuss, start giving up. And get out into the streets and there may be hope. Hello, you're listening to KUBU, Low Power FM Radio in Sacramento. This is The Voice, The Voice of Sacramento. You can find KUB locally at 96.5 on your FM dial, or you can also listen to the station on the internet, accesssacramento.org. This program is The Climate Report, and I'm your host, Dale Steele. We're on weekly at this day and time. The program is brought to you by 350 Sacramento, a local climate action group inspired by 350.org. I'll be your host, and each program will provide you with local, regional, and national news about climate change, as well as local calendar events, interviews, and more. For more details, including past radio programs, or if you have questions or comments, please visit 350sacramento.org. The Climate Report is back. Today, we've got important news about the Mayor's Climate Commission, the Climate Reality Project, why we can't wait, and the upcoming 350 Sacramento Community Forum. First, a reminder why we are here. The Earth is warming, severely disrupting sustainable conditions for life and society. This is not something that is a distant possibility that we can wait for future leaders and technology to fix. We own this problem, and we need to solve it now. We don't have time to wait. The Mayor's Climate Commission met for the second time last week, and it was very well attended and included much new information, including an important update on what the City of Oakland is doing to become carbon neutral and draft recommendations by the Built Environmental Technical Advisory Committee for the Mayor's Climate Commission. After a long and detailed meeting, many members of the public stayed to provide comments, too. You can do this at the next meeting, which will probably be in May, or you can also provide input on the website, www.lgc.org backslash climate commission. That's one word. You can also go to review resources, meeting materials, and recordings from past meetings. Meetings are held in the City of Sacramento City Council Chambers. Well, the Climate Reality Project recently held a national three-day training that had several thousand attendees and included local participants. Led by former Vice President Al Gore and CEO President Ken Berlin, the Climate Reality Project empowers people to become activists, equipped with tools, training, and network to fight for solutions and planet-wide change. We'll hear part of an interview from the recent national training meeting. And then finally, 350 Sacramento will be again be holding a community forum, Fast Track to Carbon Zero, on April 13th at Sac City College. There's still time to register and support this important event, and we'll have more on that on the show today. Music, if we have time, I'll play the new music video, We Don't Have Time, by the organization by the same name. Check out their website, wedonthavetime.org. We'll also try to play a little I Need Air. And now, find some shelter and get ready. It's time for the Climate Report. This one goes out to planet Earth. Uh. Each one teach one. Listen, listen, there's a distant sound. Yeah. Coming closer soon, it's all around. It's all around. Hear me, hear me, time is running out. Come on. Tell them what it's all yeah, about yeah, yeah, We're running yeah. out of time, running out of air yeah. Gotta keep it clean, show me you care Wherever you are, you gotta wake up Come on. We got a job to do, so stand up yeah. 
Salute life, not the general. Play fair with your morals. We can be united as the nation. For our planet, running out of patience. Every year or two, 350 Sacramento puts on a big event, a town hall or a community forum, to move the climate conversation forward. In 2017, we called for the Sacramento region to become carbon zero, and we're thrilled that the mayors of Sacramento and West Sacramento have now committed our cities to that goal. Well, this year, the community forum is coming back, and it's entitled Fast Track to Carbon Zero. It'll focus on the urgency of climate action and the necessity for transformative thinking to speed up the transition to a carbon zero community and world. It's time, Sacramento. So save the date, Saturday, April 13th, Sacramento City College. There'll be speakers, ideas will be shared, break out into action groups to accelerate crucial work. Cost is on a sliding scale with lunch and snacks provided. Volunteers will be needed before, during, and after the day. There are also 350 Sacramento is looking for endorsers and sponsors. You can learn more and register at 350sacramento.org.
what? You've got no idea why we're striking. Then, like, what on earth? You must be utter idiots if you're wondering why we're striking. Like, look around you. Like, look at the climate charge. Look at the amount of CO2 in our atmosphere. against climate change because politicians today are not willing to do enough about it. So we're taken to the streets to fight for our futures and for those who are suffering from the consequences of climate change today. This is Katie Ferenbacher, senior writer with Green Biz, and I just got off the stage at the Three Revolutions Conference at UC Davis, and I talked with Lewis Stewart, the CIO of Sacramento. And Lewis, you painted a picture of what your dream would be in five years of Sacramento and how it's going to change uh, 5G and connectivity and how it's going to change transportation in Sacramento. Tell us a little bit about that. You know, in five years, I would love Sacramento to be thought of as uh, a mobility hub and seen as one of the standard setters uh, for mobility across the world. And so what that means is continuing these conversations with autonomous driving companies uh, to get them to understand uh, that one, (laughs) they probably should work with cities, uh, not necessarily just go in and disrupt, um, but two, uh, that we're actually trying to help uh, improve the safety of of the performance uh, and also provide another option uh, for citizens uh, in the state. And looking at how these vehicles, uh, you know, can go from jurisdiction to jurisdiction um, seamlessly. And, and Sacramento should be that place uh, where we set those standards. And you're talking about a living, living laboratory uh, using 5G as this kind of platform. Tell me about that. Look, so Sacramento is, is an awesome place to, to come demonstrate the viability of a product or service. And opening up the city and to think of it as a living laboratory we have um, eight districts. We have 500,000 citizens. Uh, we have three universities. Uh, we have the capital, regulators, legislators, all in one city, federal, state, local. And so why not come to Sacramento uh, and demonstrate what you can do, see if it works, see if the citizens, if that's really what they want, and then help the policymakers do some evidence-based policymaking so that you know what's rolled out uh, is actually beneficial for, for the citizens of California and thus the citizens of the world. And so for listeners who don't necessarily know much about 5G, how can such a a fast wireless broadband network help with transportation? 
So a lot of transportation needs moving forward are going to be around safety of uh, operations of a vehicle. And so if, uh, if, uh, if through 5G you can get greater connectivity to a vehicle so that it can use AI and machine learning on board uh, to predict how and what's going to happen on a road, uh, you hopefully increase the safety and, and security of the citizens that are walking the road, that are driving the road, uh, that are interacting with these vehicles. Um, and so with, with 5G, we're hoping that, that reduced latency times uh, will help the vehicle learn faster what it's supposed to do. You're listening to KUBU, low-power FM radio in Sacramento. This is The Voice, The Voice of Sacramento. You can find KUB locally at 96.5 on your FM dial, or you can also listen to the station on the Internet, accesssacramento.org. This program is The Climate Report, and I'm your host, Dale Steele. Last week in Atlanta, former Vice President Al Gore held a two-and-a-half-day training as part of his Climate Reality Project. Around 2,000 people attended the event. It's designed to empower citizens to become advocates for climate action in their communities. One of those attending was Green Biz's own Shandine Cedar, who joins me now. Hey, Shandine. Hey, Joel. So for people who don't know about Climate Reality Project, give us a thumbnail of the two-and-a-half days. What did you do? Yeah, so it's really three days, Thursday through Saturday, deep dive training session on how, as individuals, people can be members of the community and talk about climate change, whether it's giving presentations to their friends and family or really sitting in on a council, city council meeting and having these discussions with folks on the legislative side as well as how do you have a conversation with your commissioner, um, utility commissioner on in, in energy issues? So Al Gore was there. He did his famous three and a half hour presentation that really gave, gave a deep dive into what are the daily things that are going on in the world that attribute to climate change. And so that was that was about half of his presentation. And then what are the solutions? I think a big takeaway for me was the simple sentence of today we have the the technology technology and solutions today to solve climate change. So it was an awesome 2,000 people packed room. Every seat was filled of these these leaders in the space. So 2,000 people, it's a good size crowd. Talk a little bit about who was there. What kinds of people, young, old, where were they from? Yeah, so coming from the Green Biz audience, you know, we really focus on the corporate and industrial side of the conversation and climate and accelerating the clean economy. So this was a really good reminder that and the folks in the room were the grassroots activists, the, you know, kind of coming at it from that perspective. So there was kids there. There were folks that are just learning about climate change all the way up to city leaders. So it was a very wide spectrum of, of people in the room. So it was, it was very refreshing to me to kind of remember that the advocacy and grassroots side of things is an important part of the climate change. So how do you see using this? What do you plan differently now that you know all this? 
I think the what I was thinking about going into the training is as someone who's pretty progressive and, and left-leaning anyways, you know, we don't really challenge the idea of climate change and the statistics that, you know, surround this. So I really wanted the nuts and bolts on how to have this conversation with people who do not have the same viewpoint as I do. And I, I thought that was very helpful and um, having kind of a better understanding of how climate change works, what are the da- what's the data behind it, and how can we move forward. And one thing that surprised me about the event was the this year um, they focused really on how environmental and social justice is a huge part of this conversation and it can't just be people with time and resources you know fixing our linear economy so I thought that was a really awesome thing that they focused on Um, they brought leaders in the community the event this year really focused on the southern states because those states are feeling the brunt of climate change on the front lines so to speak so that environmental and social justice aspect was elevated very well I thought. So at the end of all this, did you leave feeling more hopeful or less hopeful? I know that Al Gore's presentation can be kind of depressing. How did you come away from this? I came away definitely feeling more empowered and energized by the people in the room. Al Gore, he has his kind of unique way of getting excited about things. Um, So I came away kind of feeling that I need to go sit on my city council meetings and have these these discussions, especially as we are coming up on this election election cycle. So really letting know, you know, as a constituent, what I feel about these issues is what I came away with. So finally, Shandine, um, I had asked you to play reporter and you graciously did that. You did an interview with the number two uh, to Al Gore, which is uh, uh, tell us a little bit about who you talked to and, and, and then we can play the clip. Yeah, so I was able to talk to Ken Berlin, who is the CEO and president of the Climate Reality Project. And the first question I asked him, you know, was to tell me a little bit about the the training and the project overall. Well, we hope the attendees will come out of the training with real knowledge about climate change. They'll be able to go out and talk about climate change. They'll be able to give presentations on climate change. They'll be able to answer questions about climate change. As you know, climate change is a controversial issue in a lot of places. We think it's going to be a big political issue in the next election. And we think if people understand the issue and understand what's happening, that we'll do very well and get the measures we need through. So yesterday we saw more than a million students strike for climate change. Um, These students represent the emerging generation of Gen Z. Um, So with with Gen Z and millennials, you know, these these folks are representing the largest demographic in in terms of um, spending potential. So the question is, how are young people influencing your work and um, how we focus, um, how you guys are focusing on the climate reality project moving forward? Well, we work with young people in many different ways, one of which is we have chapters on college campuses. We have chapters on 29 college campuses. We have many kinds of programs where we're trying to reach out to young people. And I think we got probably five or 600 people here under 30. So we've got a very good uh, representative crowd on that. You know, young, young people are going to be the largest demographic group. They're going to be the largest spending group. I think they're going to demand that companies pay attention to sustainable practices. They pay attention to climate change. And I think the companies do that will benefit from uh, doing that. It'll actually help their business not, and not hurt their business. It's also important to remember now that 
we're entering an era where renewable energy is getting cheaper than fossil fuel-based energy, so the kind of changes we want to bring about in addressing climate change are going to result in cheaper, cleaner energy in the United States for everyone, including American business. So in the presentation you gave a, a couple of moments ago on the main stage, um, you talked a little bit about the new Green Deal, and you talked about the three areas that it's focusing on, but a missing point that you said that's not right now being addressed. Can you just talk a little bit about that? Well, the missing point on the new Green Deal right now is it doesn't really include economic incentives. What it, what it has, it has very ambitious and needed goals to reduce our greenhouse gas emissions. But what, what I think that we need in order to reach those goals, having strong economic incentives to transition away from fossil fuels to clean energy would be a very, very big plus. And those goals really fall into three categories, a carbon tax, a carbon cap and trade system, or economic incentives to lower the cost of renewable energy. I'm not sure which one or ones will be chosen, but that's where we are now. And you quoted a pretty impactful statistic. 92% of Democrats and 62% of Republicans support this. Can you just kind of flesh that out and what, what that actually is saying? Well, people have heard about the concept of New Deal, and we have very, very strong support for that right now. People don't really know the details yet, and so, you know, our job here at Climate Reality is to make sure we keep that support as we really develop those programs and, those, and that legislation. But people want action on this. The polls are absolutely overwhelming that people think we need to transition to a clean energy economy. They support renewable energy. Seventy percent or more of people understand that climate change is real. More than 60 percent of people understand that it's caused by humans, although the evidence is 99.9 percent that it's real and caused by humans. But we have very, very strong public support for what we're doing. So as we head into the rest of 2019, which is the beginning of a new election cycle, what are you and Climate Rheology Project hoping to accomplish? Well, we're really working on two different things in a parallel way. One is we're trying to build support now for the new for new Green Deal type legislation. We know we won't get it until 2021, but we still want to start the process now because the new Green Deal is still pretty general. We've got to fill in all the policy pieces and come up with a strong piece of legislation. Meanwhile, at the federal level, we'll, we may there may be some economic incentives we can support, like various kinds of carbon credits, and we'll and we'll do that if they come up. And we'll continue to work. We do a lot of work at the state and city level and local level. And there's been a lot of action at those levels on addressing greenhouse gases. And we'll continue to work with the business community. We do ask business to go 100% renewable. And we think that, you know, the business community has been a major contributor to the reductions we've had in greenhouse gas in the United States. Our, our emissions are down 12% since 2005. So we are making some progress despite administration that's fighting progress tooth and nail. Just one last question to wrap it up. We have this election coming up. Is there anyone that you are backing or hoping that will run? Well, C3, we can't back anyone because we can't do that as a, as a not-for-profit. Personally, like everybody else, I'm, not, I'm trying to figure out who I should personally back. I don't really know the answer to that yet. But I think what's going to happen in this is we've got a field of a dozen or more Democratic candidates, and I think whoever emerges from that is going to turn out to be a very strong candidate. It's going to be very hard to emerge, and whoever does it, I think, will run a very, very strong race. Great. Thanks, Ken, for joining me at GreenBiz 350, and we look forward to watching your organization more closely this year. Thank you very much. I cannot breathe today. My world is on fire. Since you took your life away The sky is grey and full of desire 
Every year or two, 350 Sacramento puts on a big event, a town hall or a community forum, to move the climate conversation forward. In 2017, we called for the Sacramento region to become carbon zero, and we're thrilled that the mayors of Sacramento and West Sacramento have now committed our cities to that goal. Well, this year, the Community Forum is coming back, and it's entitled Fast Track to Carbon Zero. It'll focus on the urgency of climate action and the necessity for transformative thinking to speed up the transition to a carbon zero community and world. It's time, Sacramento. So save the date. Saturday, April 13th, Sacramento City College. There'll be speakers. Ideas will be shared. Break out into action groups to accelerate crucial work. Cost is on a sliding scale with lunch and snacks provided. Volunteers will be needed before, during, and after the day. There are also 350 Sacramento is looking for endorsers and sponsors. You can learn more and register at 350sacramento.org. Don't forget to check out my other radio program on KUBU, Making Tracks, focusing on wildlife, nature, and environmental issues every Wednesday at 12.30 p.m., right after the Climate Report. And be sure to tune in Tuesdays at 1 p.m. for Radio EcoShock and the latest on science, issues, and authors dealing with climate change and the environment on a global scale. Hosted and produced by Alex Smith. Don't miss it. You're listening to KUBU, low-power FM radio in Sacramento. This is The Voice, The Voice of Sacramento. You can find KUB locally at 96.5 on your FM dial, or you can also listen to the station on the Internet, accesssacramento.org. This program is The Climate Report, and I'm your host, Dale Steele, drawn weekly at this day and time. This program is brought to you by 350 Sacramento, a local climate action group inspired by 350.org. I'll be your host, and each program will provide you with local, regional, and national news about climate change, as well as local calendar events, interviews, and more. For more details, including past radio programs, or if you have questions or comments, please visit 350sacramento.org. There may be hope, maybe even for us. We need a lot more people raising the ruckus, start making a fuss, start giving up. Get out into the streets and there may be hope 